Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ladies and gentlemen, back in studio, it is Greg from the Daily Intermission. It's episode 16, season three. You know what the pregame show is brought to you by? Brought to you by Manscaped. Best tools for your family jewels worldwide. Millions of men using it to keep their body groomed up. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code TDI for 20% off. Say it every episode. Go get your nice new grooming tools. It's a beautiful set of tools. There's ball butter. They'll give you a t-shirt. I mean, there's a variety of different packages that you can get. But it's unreal stuff. Head over to manscaped.com. So the pregame show. As you know, as I'm going solo, but I should mention right off the get-go, I did promise Ross Colton for this episode. Unfortunately... Tampa Bay is in California right now. So Ross and I were texting back and forth, and he said, listen, I can do it at you know at 8 o'clock at night, and that would have been around midnight for me. And I said, listen, Ross, I like to have a few coffees. I like to be energized, be ready to rock and roll. So let's wait till you're back on the East Coast. So I'm going to wait till he's back in Florida. I think it's going to be in the next few days when we get Ross. But that's an interview to stay tuned for. But in the pregame show today, I'm going to talk about a nice story I have from my Adam AAA years in hockey. <laughs> So growing up in Nova Scotia, especially uh, at my age, there was a lot of high-end talent. Uh, guys like Liam O'Brien, he's a fighter for the Arizona Coyotes. Nathan McKinnon, obviously a superstar for the Colorado Avalanche. All of these guys were playing in our in our AAA leagues uh, in Nova Scotia. So in Adam AAA, we were at a tournament, we were playing against Cole Harbor, and not only was Nathan McKinnon a highly touted prospect in Adam, I mean, people knew that this guy was a superstar already and that he had some serious NHL aspirations. There was other guys in this team. I mean, Cole Murphy comes to mind. Devlin Oliver Dares. Uh, I think he ended up winning a Memorial Cup with St. John. I mean, there was a lot of high-end talent out of these city teams. So we were down 3 nothing to Cole Harbor in this tournament. And I went out in the second period, and I scored two goals in one shift. The next shift, ended up getting the hat trick against Nathan McKinnon's team. My dad was the coach, had the game sheet. So we have the game sheet somewheres. I remember I was showing it off at university my first year. I don't think I lost it. I was being a dumb idiot, and I brought it into like the cafeteria area, and I was showing it off that I had scored a hat trick against Nathan McKinnon. I mean, we were like nine years old. It's really not that impressive of a feat, but it's kind of cool to say that I scored a hat trick against Nathan McKinnon. Uh, so we tied 3-3. My dad was the coach, had the game sheet. So that was a special moment for me growing up. Scored a hat trick against Nathan McKinnon. Probably the, the uh, one of the highlights of my hockey career, um, second to getting kicked out of a charity game. But that's my story this week in the pregame show. We got a lot to get into. We got quarter one MLB, quarter two NFL, the halftime show. I'm going to rank my top five Halloween candies. Happy Halloween, I should say. But my top five Halloween candies that you got as a kid. Um, I think some go a little under the radar. Some might be up for uh, debate, but uh, I'll go through my top five candies at the halftime show. Quarter three, we'll move into the NBA, and quarter four, we'll bring it home in the NHL. But starting things off in quarter one, ladies and gentlemen, we got the World Series off and running, and it's tied at one game apiece. 
The Phillies came out in game one and handed the Astros their first loss of the postseason. It went to extra innings. And catcher, JT Realmoto. JT Realmoto? I think that's how you pronounce it. He clutches up. In the fifth inning, he hits a two-run double to tie the game and then hits a dinger in the 10th. That ends up being the winner. They win 6-5, to five, so the Phillies stunned the Astros in game one, but the Astros bounced back in game two. They stormed out of the gates. They had three runs in the first inning, got up 3 nothing, and that would have been enough. But they end up winning the game 5-2. So it's tied at one, heading to Philly for three games. And that will go tonight. We've got Lance McCullers versus the Thor Noah Syndergaard on the mound for Philadelphia. So it's going to be interesting. Obviously, all tied up at one. Um, this is going to be a nice game three Monday with quiet nights uh, in the NFL, uh, NHL, and the NBA has got a decent slate. But it's going to be an MLB night for myself. I think I speak to most sports fans that they'll be tuned into this game in Philly, but it's been a fun series already. I expect Houston to win this one on the road. I expect Houston to go on another little streak. I'm going to stand by my bet of Houston winning the World Series. Um, but it's been exciting baseball, man, and, and as it always is uh, in October. Um, so we'll see what happens here in Game 3 tonight. But tied up at 1 in the World Series, just a brief quarter 1. And now, quarter 2. This one will take a little longer because we've got a lot to get into from week eight in the NFL. And it started things off on Thursday night where the Buccaneers continue to struggle and they lose to Lamar Jackson 28 to 22 at home. The Ravens beat the Buccaneers. It's tough right now for Tom Brady. He announced that the divorce is official between him and Giselle. So they are officially divorced. Uh, I have sent some DMs to Giselle, so I will keep you guys posted on how that works out. I'm assuming I'll get ghosted, but there's that point zero 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 one percent chance she says, oh, that's Greg from the Daily Intermission. I actually wouldn't mind checking in to see what he's up to. Then that's on the table. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so yeah, the Buccaneers lose. Uh, they've got a tough game coming up against the Rams this week. It's tough right now for, for Tampa Bay. I mean, there's no real excuses, but just, uh, you know, the inability to um, to complete passes, a clutch time to finish in the red zone, and... and um, and it's been tough, so we'll see what happens. And uh, and I expect the Bucks to, to continue continue to slide this week because I think the Rams are going to uh, going to be hungry after a loss to San Francisco, which we'll get into. But I mean, it's been tough. I th- I think they opened up as three point favorites next week, so I'll I'll monitor that line and I'll do some research. But right now, I think I'm on the Rams. These this Bucks team has not been uh, not been good. Russell Wilson. After putting on his clown act saying he was doing four hours of exercises, watching film the entire flight over, well, it paid off. They end up beating Jacksonville 21 to 17. It was a bit of a snoozer at times. Jacksonville's been getting out to these big leagues, Trevor or leads. Trevor Lawrence's look fantastic. Travis Etienne, the number one back, put on an absolute clinic. Uh, but they've been getting off to these leads and games and then just kind of go quiet. They start to struggle. And uh, in Denver, I mean, Russell hit a few big bombs along the sidelines. Um, Latavius Murray, Malvin Gordon end up punching in touchdowns, and they end up winning twenty-one to seventeen. Uh, Russell, I mean, he uh, he seems poised and composed as always, and he's excited about where they're at. So it's obviously it's a big win for the Broncos, and uh, it's a tough one for for Jacksonville, who they, who moved to two and six. The frauds in New York finally come back to earth. The Giants end up losing to the Seahawks. Who the Seahawks are in first place in the NFC West. Nobody predicted that. I had them dead last in that division, but they've looked good. They've looked really good. And uh, yeah, I like, I mean, Pete Carroll was going nuts. There was a cool 
kind of exchange between Tyler Lockett and, and Pete Carroll. Uh, Tyler Lockett dropped a, a ball wide open, and I mean, this guy's got unbelievable hands. So Geno Smith ended up going right back to him the next series, got a touchdown. So the Seahawks team is fun, man. They're young. They've got some, it's fun to see Geno Smith go off because I mean, obviously his career started in, uh, in New York and didn't go well. And then he backed up Russell Wilson in Seattle. And now he's got, now he's the guy and he seems to be the guy. He he's pretty good. So he's looked good in Seattle and, and they, uh, they're off to a five and three start. So they're exciting. And, and uh, they end up taking care of the giants. Um, and the Jets, Zach Wilson throws three, three interceptions. He looked absolutely terrible. And the Patriots didn't look great themselves, but they end up sneaking out a win against the Jets. So both the Jets and Giants lose, which I see continuing. And, uh, yeah, and the Patriots and, and Seahawks get some big wins against those teams that were on heaters. So they they uh, they halt those heaters and, and put them in their place. The Saints shut out the Raiders. I was on the Raiders in this game. Like, is Josh McDaniels going to get fired? Mark Davis, the owner of, of the Las Vegas Raiders, cannot be happy right now. It's unbelievable. I mean, this is a team that made some serious splashes in the offseason. Going to get Devontae Adams from Green Bay. Going to get Chandler Jones from Arizona. I mean, you expected them to be much more competitive. I mean, people were raving about the division of the AFC West preseason. And, I mean, really, the Chiefs have been the only strong team. I mean, we look at the Chargers. They've been all over the map. The Raiders certainly have had a bad season, and the Broncos have struggled. So the only real strong team in that division has been the Chiefs. Shout out to Pete Morse, who was all over that because he says every single year there's a lot of hype around the Chargers, the Raiders, and and the Broncos, and they just they've they've lacked uh, the ability to step up and and uh, and and win big games. So it's uh, it's interesting to see, to see how long uh, McDaniel's will last, uh, Josh McDaniel's, and, and maybe he'll be back with New England as it always goes. Coordinators from Bill Belichick get snagged up by their teams. They last a year, and then they're right back in New England. Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, I'm looking at you guys. The Arizona Cardinals. I was heavily on the Cardinals this week, put more than a unit on them covering the spread, and they end up losing by six. I'm a little disappointed that Kyler Murray couldn't get it done. Uh, This was a back-and-forth game. The over in this, I did enjoy myself. Uh, get on that too, but uh, but yeah, the Vikings end up winning at home over the Arizona Cardinals, uh, thirty-four to twenty-six. The Dolphins and Lions got off to an absolute heater in Detroit. The Lions went up twenty-one to seven, but as we've seen, I'm looking at the Baltimore Miami game. Miami can come back and they can come back in a big way, and they did. They came back one thirty-one twenty-seven. Tua looked good. Jalen Waddle massive game. I mean, Tyreek Hill didn't have a touchdown, but I mean. Just the most explosive receiver in the NFL went for I think 150 yards. Let me check on that. Um, 188 yards on 12 catches. So I'm not sure if that's any good, folks. But Tyreek Hill was explosive. So the Dolphins get it done on the road. The Carolina Panthers and Atlanta Falcons were playing for first place in the NFC South, and was it ever a gong show? So DJ Moore catches a last-second hail mary and scores the touchdown to go to tie the game. So now it's just extra point to win. He takes off his helmet. He starts milking it. He starts celebrating all over the place. The kick gets backed up to 48 yards. The Carolina kicker ends up missing the extra point. And then the Falcons end up winning it in overtime. An absolute heartbreaking story for Panthers fans. But the Falcons are now in first place in the uh, NFC South, and we'll see if they can uh, maintain that. The Eagles end up beating the absolute breaks off the Pittsburgh Steelers, which we expected. Um, 
Kenny Pickett did not look fantastic. A.J. Brown had a hat trick of touchdowns. That Eagles team looks good. The addition of Robert Quinn now coming on that defense, they get Houston on Thursday night. So I'm going to predict that they're going to be 8-0. What a run. Let's just see who they get after that. Um, the Eagles will play Houston on Thursday night next week. Then they'll play the Commanders on Monday night the following week. So that looks like a 9-0. Who do they got after that? Then they got the Colts, which... I mean, we're looking probably 10-0. Holy smokes. Who else do the Birds have? And look at the Packers. Sunday nighter. I mean, they should beat the Packers too. I mean, I'm not going to jinx anything here, but then they get the Titans. I mean, they'll probably drop a game here that we don't expect them to. And they get the Giants. Holy smokes. The Eagles, if they keep playing like the type of football they're playing right now, they, this, this undefeated streak might go for a little longer than expected. Holy smokes. They're 13 and a half point favorites next week on Thursday. So they're seven and oh. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they get to that eleven and oh because we just looked at their schedule to get the Texans, Commanders, Colts, Green Bay, Giants, the next five games. So I mean, there there is some surprise loss opportunity there. I'm looking at the Titans, Packers, and Giants, but I mean Holy smokes, this team might go on a big undefeated run. So the Eagles have been strong. The Titans start Malik Willis, rookie quarterback. They end up beating the Texans in an absolute snoozer of a game. Uh, loyal listener to the show, friend of the show, Parlay PD. He was all over the over in that one. That absolutely whiffed. Um, as we mentioned, the 49ers end up rinsing the Rams on the road, 31-14. So that's two rinsings that the 49ers have put on the Rams this season. And the 49ers have looked good. And they got, obviously, the addition of Christian McCaffrey. He's the first running back since 2005 to have a throwing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and a running touchdown in the, in the same game. That's an incredible feat. Last guy to do it, LT. LaDainian Tomlinson, absolute monster back in the day for the Chargers. But, yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, he continues to be electric. I mean, that's such a great feat. Um, a throwing, receiving, and rushing touchdown in the same game. The throwing touchdown was an absolute dime to Brendan Yayuk. It was about 35 yards, dropped it in the bucket. Uh, the catch, the receiving touchdown, too. He looked like a receiver. He climbed the ladder. He looked like he had a vertical of about 40 inches and absolutely reeled it in. So 49ers fans have to be happy about Christian McCaffrey as long as he stays healthy. On the Sunday nighter, the Bills took care of the Packers. Um, the Bills, actually, the, the Packers ended up covering the spread, which I expected that to happen, the 10.5 spread. They barely did. Uh, Josh Allen looked amazing in the first half. I mean, this Bills team is an absolute force to be reckoned with. Um, they're an exciting team. They're going to be the first-place team in the AFC, I do imagine, and uh, it's going to be Chiefs-Bills in the AFC championship game if everything goes as planned. Uh, but it was a great game, and uh, and yeah, we're. I mean, I do want to mention too the Colts lost to the Commanders. I mean, this Colts team huge high hopes at the beginning of the season, and they just have not looked good. Matt Ryan got benched. Sam Ehlinger didn't look fantastic. It's an absolute mess in Indianapolis right now, especially losing to the Commanders. So we'll see what happens there. But you know what? It is what it is because that uh, that AFC South, it seems like it's always a bit of a shit show until the last few weeks when it's up for grabs. So tonight in the NFL, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Cleveland Browns. The Cincinnati Bengals being three and a half point favorites. Obviously, Jamar Chase, it was announced through the week that he will miss the next four to six games. So Joe Burrow will be, be without his favorite target, but they still have a plethora of weapons. I mean, Joe Mixon out of the backfield, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst has looked good there. So they're not completely hurting in terms of weapons, but they are going to miss Jamar Chase. I expect the Bengals to win this game. 
Do I expect them to win this game by three and a half? I'm not so sure yet. But if you want to find out what my final bet will be, well, join the Chalkboard app, download the Chalkboard app, get in the Chalkboard app, folks. It's the best sports group chat going. And if you're a listener and you're not chatting in the group, and if you're not chatting in the Chalkboard group chat, you know, a few times a day, get in there. Give your thoughts, say what you're picking, say what you're watching. You know, I like to know these types of things. So make sure you're in the Chalkboard app. You can download that at the App Store. It's coming to Android very soon. So if you're waiting for that, just be patient. Week eight was electric. Week nine is going to be a money-making week. I've gone two back-to-back losing weeks in the NFL. I expect myself to bounce back in a massive way next week. So stay tuned on the chalkboard app. Stay tuned on the socials because we're making some money next week. All right. That's going to conclude quarter two, a little NFL chatter. And we are going to move into the halftime show here, folks. It's Halloween. It's October 31st. I don't typically celebrate Halloween, to be completely honest with you. I mean, I, in school, you know, I think everyone, you know, during their university days, you know, there's a few outliers, but you know, you're, 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 you're capped with the amount of money you're strapped for cash, I guess is a good way to put it. I mean, you're, you're eating, you know, subpar food. You're, you know, it's the life of a student isn't the most luxurious life. So I always found come Halloween time, I didn't want to spend 50 to a hundred dollars on a costume, which ended up being the case every single year. I just, I've grown to hate Halloween because of the superfluous items I had to buy on the days prior to get ready for a costume that I would wear once, never win a best costume, never put enough time into it. Um, so I was, I've never been a big Halloween guy. Um, I was as a child clearly because you got to go throw whatever you wanted on and go door to door with this big bag and just get candy from every household in, in your local vicinity, which I mean, the premise the uh, of it in, in the grand scheme of things sounds fairly wild, just go house to house with a pillow bag and just stuff it full of candy and you've got candy for the next month. It's it's unbelievable, really. But this halftime show, we are going to rank the top five candies, gifts you receive on Halloween that really make a difference, that really put an extra you know, boost in your step when you're heading to the next door after receiving this. So I'm going to start things off at number five with a can of pop. And this one might be a cold take for a lot of you listeners. But listen here. You get a plethora of food, chips, chocolate, candy. It's nice to have something to wash it down with. I would recommend like a sugar-free beverage to hand out because, I mean, it gets a little greasy if you're chugging on a, you know, a Pepsi or a Coke, high sugar filled drink. Um, and then you're, you know, you're washing that down with, uh, with chips and, and candy and, and, and uh, chocolate. But I think a can of pop was always a, a nice, it was always rare. You'd never get more than one or two, but it was a nice addition to the, uh, to the collection on Halloween night. So at number five, a can of pop. I want you guys to let me know to, um, you know, whether it's in the chalkboard app or comments on the Instagram page, let me know what you think about this list. Coming to number four, mini chocolate bars. It doesn't matter what chocolate bar because it's really hard to go wrong on Halloween. A lot of the companies put their big four, big five in the boxes. I'm thinking the Kit Kats, the Mars, the Snickers. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to go wrong. The Twixes, the O'Henry's. I mean, it's really hard to go wrong with the mini chocolate bar. And it feels like you can absolutely go to town on those things. So I think the mini chocolate bar, it's a staple of Halloween candy. It might be the headliner. It might be the captain of, of Halloween candy. But I think that uh, the mini chocolate bars are certainly number four. It's a safe number four. I'm coming in at number three with Maynard's. Any Maynard candies, whether it's Sour Patch Kids, Swedish Berries, um, fuzzy peaches, sour cherry blasters. I mean, gummy bears. I mean, the Maynard's candy are number one. 
And I don't care what you have to say. They make the candy. They make candy the best in the candy game, in the candy production game. Maynards are number three on this list, and they belong here. I mean, I, I don't know too many people who don't like a Sour Patch Kid. Probably the it's the A-list celebrity of of candy. So I think Maynards Candy is a very safe number three here on this list. Number two and one. I know you're all curious here of what these are going to be. Number two. This is a candy that I find is so rare, but it's so phenomenal. And it's the fruit Tootsie Rolls. And they always come, they always find their way into your uh, into your Halloween bag. And nobody knows which house they came from. Nobody remembers receiving these things, but they are phenomenal. The fruit Tootsie Rolls and even the chocolate Tootsie Rolls, but I'm specifically talking about the fruit Tootsie Rolls, the orange, blue, pink wrapper Tootsie Rolls. These things are phenomenal. And the reason that they're number two is because you can't readily get these things at gas stations and at convenience stores. I mean, these things are a Halloween staple and i believe that these things are should be highly ranked on this list so the fruit tootsie roll coming in at number two and number one ladies and gentlemen the full chocolate bar the households that go above and beyond and go to a costco and get full chocolate bars well one it's flexing yes okay we understand your family makes a lot of money and you're willing to spend that on full chocolate bars but I mean, it's just such a treat to have a full chocolate bar. And I mean, you really, when you're, when you're going through your bag at the end of the night, you know, you're in from a long evening of trick-or-treating. Those full chocolate bars, they, they are mounted at the top of the sorting section of like, what did you get for full chocolate bars? Because that is a, that is, that's a premier grab when you're out and about. And uh, it, they're rare. I mean, some some years you might go out and you, you may not find the full chocolate bar, but you know, rumor quickly spreads when there's a household giving out full chocolate bars. It seems like every kid on the block, every kid within a 20 mile radius understands that that house is now on the list that you've got to go for that full chocolate bar. So I always appreciate a full chocolate bars. And I think that that's the number one uh, candy that you can get and hand out on Halloween night. That's going to wrap up the halftime show. Those are my top five. I think that's going to be polarizing. I think everybody's obviously taste buds are different. Everybody has different uh, opinions on what candies are, are the best come Halloween night. But the can of pop, mini chocolate bars, mainers, candy, fruit, Tootsie Rolls, underrated. All oh, those phenomenal. And full chocolate bar, one through five. Five through one. Those, uh, it's, it's just that easy. All right, folks, we're moving into quarter three and we're talking NBA. The Lakers have finally got their first win. They end up winning 121 to 110 over the Denver Nuggets last night. Russ came off the bench. He looked okay at 18 points. He shot, I think, fairly reasonable from the field. AD was back in the lineup after nursing a bad back. I mean, this guy may be one of the biggest band-aids in sports, not really talked about enough. But the Lakers are finally on the board, so we'll see if that really sparks a nice run for them to get things back on track. Luka Doncic is, I think he's the first player since MJ, if I read that correctly. Six straight 30-point games to begin the season. Unbelievable. I mean, we we clearly know how much of a talented individual Luka Doncic is, but, I mean, six straight 30-point games to begin the year. What an absolute animal. I'll be riding him in D-Kings moving forward. He's, he's obviously, his salary is just off the charts, but he's just such a safe bet. He diversifies that stat line, and he's just a, he is just the number one go-to guy in Dallas. So what a phenomenal talent Luka is, but six straight 30-point games to begin the season. We expected the Cavs after their offseason, bringing in Karis LeVert, bringing in Donovan Mitchell from Utah, having Darius Garland, having Evan Mobley, having Jared, Jared Allen. I mean, we knew that this team was going to be a strong team. 
they're off to a five and one start. These guys are an absolute wagon. Donovan Mitchell has been fantastic. I mean, this Cavaliers team is making some noise. Karis Levert has been phenomenal. I mean, Karis Levert's a guy that's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. I feel as if that he has been on some teams and just not really got the love he deserved. Obviously, he was a Brooklyn Net for a while. I think he played for the Pacers, if I'm not mistaken. But this guy is unreal, man. He can score in volumes, and he's been fantastic for the Cavaliers. So this is going to be a team that remains at the top of Eastern Conference, I do believe, for the, for the remainder of the season. They're going to be a top four, top five team. I mean... What an exciting time it is for Cavaliers fans. I mean, this has got to be one of the first full seasons that they're going to be competitive without a player on their team named LeBron James. So that's exciting for Cleveland Cavaliers fans. The Milwaukee Bucks remain undefeated with Giannis Akatatambo continuing to be an absolute monster. They're the only undefeated team left in the NBA. So the Bucks, I mean, I'm a strong believer that if the Bucks had Chris Middleton during the playoffs last year, that their fight, their fate may have been a bit different. Uh, but their big three is solid uh, with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and, and Giannis Akatatumbo. You got Bobby Portis, who is an absolute wild card of a human being. But I like this Bucks team, and I think they're going to be, you know, certainly in the playoff conversation to come out of the West, uh, come out of the East. So the Bucks only team to remain undefeated. It took us about a week and a half, folks. It took us about a week and a half for Kyrie Irving to finally make headlines. His owner has come out. People are speaking on it. So apparently Kyrie made some tweets about an anti, uh, anti-Semitic video or, or movie. And uh, it's... it's it's interesting here. Um, you know, it's uh, I'm not really going to co- go into it and comment on it because I don't know the film that he was referring to. I don't know the book that he was quoting. I don't know. Uh, I haven't read enough into it, but he is making headlines. He apologized and he said he's, you know, he didn't mean any harm by it, but the owner had to come out and say it's embarrassing. And, you know, I've got to sit down with Kyrie. So it took him a week and a half, Kyrie, to get into the negative spotlight. And you just, you hate to see it from a guy like Kyrie, a guy who is, uh, you know, just, he just finds a way to, to make noise. <clears throat> so Kyrie, come on, dog. Come on, man. The Heat are off to a two and five start. Surprising here, the Heat have a strong team. I'm wondering if Kyle Lowry's game is is regressing. Uh, obviously, last year had some comments from Eric Spolstra and and um, you know about his weight and his conditioning. And I, I'm not I'm not certain that this guy's got a whole lot of good basketball left in his tank. Uh, obviously, he's got a rear end the size of Kim Kardashian's, but uh, I'm wondering if that is attributing to the Heat struggles right now. Is Kyle Lowry's performance? Um, and I'm not sure just how close, how tight knit that team is. Obviously, we know how Jimmy Butler, how much of a problem he can be in the room. Bam at a bio has looked out of sorts at times this season. So it's really surprising that this team's off to a two and five start because I expect the Heat to be a dominant force in the East, at least be, you know, a team that's going to be talked about and not saying that they can't be because they do have a, they're littered with talent. Um, but it is interesting to see that they're off to a two and five start. And um, I'm not quite sure who to point the fingers at. But I'll do some more digging and I'll find a narrative for next episode. All right, there's a lot of teams here, folks, that I'm going to talk about in the next two weeks that I'm going to be betting against religiously. And these are the teams. The Jazz, the Spurs, the Trailblazers, the Hornets, and the Knicks. These are all teams that find themselves within the top four and five of their divisions, respectively. And they're all teams that I expect to be near the bottom or miss the playoffs. So these are teams that are playing above and beyond their talent level, in my opinion. And I'm going to be betting against the Jazz, Spurs, Trailblazers, Hornets, and Knicks over the next two weeks. So listeners, you can take note that I'll be doing that, and you can make fun of me if if I lose all my money doing so. 
But these are teams that I'm going to be betting against. But I do have a parlay uh, tonight. for. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, this is what I bet. I bet the Brooklyn Nets money line um, <clears throat> parlayed with the 76ers money line. So we'll see if that hits. So that's my NBA bet for tonight. But the NBA has been exciting. I continue to do DFS daily on, on the NBA. I uh, continue to bet on the NBA. And those are some headlines that we've got going into um, these uh, first week of November. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Quarter four, the NHL. And we'll have a little bonus coverage. I'll talk a little bit about the golf tournament that went on this weekend uh, in Bermuda. wasn't the most electric, but I'll get into that at the end. The Toronto Maple Leafs continue to struggle. And uh, they've lost four in a row. They are getting rinsed on this. (laughs) They've lost now to the Knights. They've lost to Anaheim. They've lost to L.A., I do believe they get the Sharks now, or if they've not already lost to the Sharks. Their goaltending has been okay. Austin Matthews hasn't been producing. Mitch Marner hasn't been producing. They're without Matt Murray. They're without Jake Muzzin. What are the Leafs going to do here? They're 4-4-2, which isn't a complete panic. It's, I mean, it's, there's much worse records, and there's much worse streaks that you can go on and go on in a 10-game streak. But to me, they're just, they just don't, they look out of sorts. Sheldon Keefe, you have to wonder, is a new voice needed for Toronto? But it's interesting because Kyle Dubas, the lame duck GM who does not have a contract beyond this season, does he have the gonads to say, sorry, Sheldon, but you're gone? I doubt it, but we'll see what happens here with the Leafs. I mean, they find themselves seventh in the Atlantic Division right now. They've played the most games in the Atlantic Division. The Sens are the only team behind them at 4-4 four and four who have got two games in hand on them. It's interesting. Things are tough in Leafland right now, especially with the amount of media that they get. It's really tough. And I mean, I don't know if they're going to turn it around. I don't love their bottom six and I hate their defense core. And I'll be verbal about that until that changes or until I see, you know, better performances out of them. Connor McDavid has nine goals, nine assists in nine games, 18 points, leads the league. I mean, we all know this guy's going to win the Rocket or not the Rocket. I apologize. He's going to win the Art Ross, which I do believe is the most points in the NHL. He might win the Rocket, though. He leads the league in goals right now. He's an absolute phenom. He's such a fun player to watch night in, night out. And I made the argument on TikTok a few weeks ago. I guess we can define greatest, but he is the most talented hockey player that we've ever witnessed in our lifetime. And I get Sidney Crosby had an amazing run, and Sidney did it in different ways. I mean, Sidney's leadership is phenomenal, and Sidney's his ability to work in tight spaces down low I think is probably the greatest of all time. But Connor McDavid, in terms of skating ability, handling the puck, I mean, it is just something that we haven't seen before. And I, I believe that in, in the advancements of technology and, and training and, and, and just even the level of hockey that's played, I think Connor McDavid is the, is the most phenomenal hockey player we've ever watched. And you can take that for what it is. You can call me a clown. I would love to have a, a discussion about that. But man, he's phenomenal to watch. Nine goals, nine assists in nine games. Gabriel Velarde, have you ever heard of him? Put your hand up, everybody, if you've heard of him. My hand is down. Preseason, I should say. He's got seven goals already for the Los Angeles Kings. This 23-year-old, Gabriel Velarde, has seven goals. I mean, he's second in the league in goals. Unbelievable. Gabriel Velarde, for a guy that I had never even heard of, and I mean, that might be a cold take. This guy might be a highly touted prospect, or he might have played some games last year, but I mean, I'm a fairly heavily invested hockey fan, and I had never heard of him. Pretty cool. Cool story of the Los Angeles Kings organizations. Gabriel Velarde, seven bingos. 
Brad Marchand returned to the Bruins lineup this week, ladies and gentlemen, and he had two goals and an assist in his return. About a month early into his return from hip surgery, I do believe, uh, in the offseason. So Brad looked fantastic. He said this is the best he's felt since, like, 2014. So that's going to be dangerous. They sit at the top of the league at 8-1. and one. This team has looked great. I saw they were partying in their Halloween costumes the other night. This team is uh, is a very strong team. If they get goaltending from Lonnie Salmark that they are receiving right now, he's undefeated. I mean, they are going to be an absolute wagon. As I've talked about it, they're just waiting for Charlie McAvoy to return. And this team is going to make some serious noise. The Blues and Penguins. These are two teams, obviously. The Penguins uh, got off to very hot starts. Uh, 4-1, I do believe, for the Penguins. And 3-0 for the Blues. Well, they, These two teams are both on four-game losing streaks. I expect them to bounce it, to, to turn it around. But, I mean, gosh, it's uh, it's surprising to see, really. I mean, the Penguins. I ex- Sidney Crosby got off to such a tear off the, off the get-go. They got dusted by Vancouver. 5-1 the other night. I mean, that's not something you expect. And the Blues, I'm sorry, I'm just absolutely burping away here. I apologize to all the listeners if you're grossed out by that, but I had to be honest. Um, the St. Louis Blues. This team's kind of changed a little bit in the last few seasons. Uh, it doesn't seem like they have as much, you know, great grind, you know, wear you down with hard work as, as they used to. They've signed these young guys in Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas to massive deals. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say that they're going to be an overpayment, but, I mean, that's a lot of money for these guys. Um, they obviously they've lost Petrolangelo, they lost David Perron, they've lost these key pieces that maybe flew a little under the radar. They lost Vinny Huso, who had a fantastic year last year. And they got this Jordan Bennington. I think this guy's maybe the biggest loose cannon as a, of a goaltender there is in the NHL. I mean, he looks to fight every single game. Like he's picking on like Evander Kane, he's picking on like Jamie Ben. Like Jordan Bennington, I think somebody's gonna have to fight him soon. And I hope that that's not a cold take because somebody needs to fight Jordan Bennington, beat the wheels off of him, and so he stops, you know, acting like he's the toughest guy in the league. It's obnoxious. It's like, buddy, you've got full, you've got full equipment on, you've got a blocker in your hand. Like, once you drop those things, it's a bit of a different game. Vancouver, like I said, beat Pittsburgh five to one. They also beat the Kraken five four. They've won two in a row. Things are back on track in Vancouver. I mean, we won't be too too fast by saying that they've saved their season, but it is refreshing to see because things are spiraling. We're spiraling out of control fairly quickly for Vancouver. So they've won two in a row, and we'll see if they can keep that going under Bruce. There it is. And I do want to mention finally in the NHL, the New Jersey Devils sit atop of the Metropolitan Division at six and three, and Jesper Brad has fifteen points. This team, young team, they've got their expected goals is like. I think top three in the league. So I'm not a big advanced analytics guy, but I'm starting to kind of dive into it more. And the New Jersey Devils have been playing great hockey. Vanacek's been good. So I think this New Jersey Devils team, this is a team to circle and continue to monitor to see where they go. All right, folks. That's your briefing in sports. I apologize about the monologue. This won't happen often. I promise um, it was just me today. That was me, you know, having a lack of organization, especially too with the Ross Colton interview being postponed, but I will have co-hosts coming, but I do appreciate you guys tagging along for the ride and, uh, make sure you're on the social media, make sure you're on the chalkboard app and listen, folks, enjoy your week. Everyone have a fantastic week and we'll catch you on Friday. Let's go. Let's go.